Hello, everyone, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi for this week. This is Rico, your host. It is December 13th, 2020, and this is show 798. Uh, welcome. Yeah. Hi. How are you? I hope you're good. The uh, topic uh, du jour today is going to be, well, I was going to talk a little, just mostly about recent things going on television a little bit of Star Trek stuff, a little bit of Mandalorian stuff, but and I will talk a little bit about those things, but I'm also going to shift over and and talk about all this uh, like overwhelming, frankly, uh, announcements from Disney. Disney uh, had a big um, I don't know if it's an investors meeting or whatever the whatever officially it's called a few days ago. And but the big thing for us nerds and geeks out here out there, out everywhere, it was the fact that they announced a ton of new, both Marvel uh, TV uh, and some movies in there, as well as Star Wars, a lot of new Star Wars television and uh, a movie announcement. So officially things, a lot of this stuff had been rumored for, for quite a while, actually most of it, a few things I hadn't heard of even in the, you know, on the grapevine, in the grapevine, on the grapevine, what is it called? In the grapevine? Around the grapevine? But anyway, it, it's going to be fun to talk about them. I mean, there's probably about a, I think there's there's 20-ish or something properties here, 20 sort of different things. And I'm going to run through them, play some stuff that's uh, on YouTube about them, which will make it actually a little bit easier to go through. Um, there's a good Kevin Feige thing, for example, for Marvel, where he discusses all this new stuff. That I think I'm going to play and maybe comment as I play it a bit. Um, but yeah, that is the plan for today's show. Uh, I uh, I think it's going to be an exciting time this next couple of years, and for Disney Plus, of course, uh, you know, and, and other things in, in theaters as well. Some of these are movie prop movie uh, properties. Movie they're going to be you know full feature movies. We'll talk a little bit about how you know that seems to be shifting somewhat. Uh, I've got some fairly strong views and opinions about, you know, theaters versus home and all that that I'm going to talk just briefly about. Anyway, that is the show for this week. Uh, and uh, hey, let's do this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Oh. Iron Man, that's kind of catchy. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is a uh, reach you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi.
All right, again, hello everyone. This is Rico, and um, this is Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. It is uh, kind of a frozen, not really that frozen. We had a lot of rain yesterday here in Michigan, and kind of froze overnight. It's around the freezing point outside right now, maybe 32, 33 Fahrenheit. But uh, yeah, let's podcast. Let's have some fun. I haven't really done a I haven't done a really regular show in a bit, and this isn't even quite, you know, what I would consider regular. Maybe it is. I don't know. Is anything regular anymore in 2020? Ugh, I know, I know uh, it's been a rough year for a lot of people, you know, obviously, you know, the virus situation. I mean, it, it seems like we're getting good news now. I, uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about that on the podcast, but I, I am excited and anxious and hopeful that with these vaccines that are that are coming, that in maybe just, you know, by, say, springtime, maybe, or, or summer, depending on how long all this takes, things will go back to more or less the way the way they were in, in, you know, we won't be having to hopefully at some point wear masks everywhere and all the stuff that we like to do, we'll be able to do easily you know, just uh, just going out and about, seeing friends, going places, traveling, uh, and and enjoying uh, enjoying things. I know there've been a lot of people during this whole time that have said, "No, I'm just doing whatever I would normally do," and ignoring everything. And if you've been doing that and you are lucky enough not to have gotten this virus or given it to anyone or any kind of problems, well, good, you know, good good job. And I want to go to Las Vegas with you because. While your odds are still pretty good about not getting it, you're, you you certainly could. And I think it's important to, I'll call it, stay vigilant for the next few months and not, especially during the holidays. I know it's tough. A lot of things are disrupted this year. But uh, hang in there. Watch some Netflix. Watch some Disney+. Plus, watch some uh, watch some of this good stuff. And, uh, and just, uh, we'll all get through it together. Uh, segue over then into, let's let's talk about what I've been watching. Uh <laughs> Let's see what what have I been watching? Uh, watching, uh, I guess, mostly Mandalorian and Discovery, Star Trek Discovery, and Mandalorian. We talked a couple of weeks ago. I did a Patreon talk where we talked about the shows pretty much in detail. There've been a couple of episodes, a couple of big episodes since then. Um, spoiler alert: or If you're not caught up, I might say a few things here. I'm going to try to keep it pretty spoiler free. But if you're not caught up on the shows, I may say a few things that. Um, you might not want to know, but yeah, both of these year seasons, season three for Discovery and season two for Mandalorian, I feel are have been great. I think they've both kind of upped things. You know, Mandalorian was what had a great first season. I, I you know, I love the show. It, it's still kind of incredible to me. I don't know if it's the Baby Yoda effect, although he has a name now, right? Uh, I'm not sure what it is really. I can't pin it down of why. It's become so universally, it seems, liked by all the fans, every, you know, just your average people. It's a fairly simple show, truthfully. Um, and I, I, I think, I think that the, I think the thing here is, is the, the idea that on, on a television show, you don't really have to do some big elaborate thing in a, in a way. It can be pretty, uh, pretty simple, and and really, there, there's this funny clip up on YouTube about uh, the Mandalorian. You know, about like each week, it's like, 
oh, Mandalorian, help us. And, oh, Baby Yoda got into trouble or had something happen and and uh, and rinse repeat a bit. It, it, it is kind of like that. I mean, there's a little bit more of a plot line and a, and a through line going on this season, uh, I think. But... Um, but it, it's it's pretty basic, you know. This is not a complicated show. But then again, I've always felt Star Wars wasn't super complicated, you know, until they got you know like George Lucas. And I don't really mind the prequels that much, but I I think he lost some of the sort of simplicity that that the original films had. You know, they were very you know it was like westerns in space, and even westerns are usually fairly simple stories. You know, I I think when you veer off of that too much, I I think you can you can run into trouble. And Discovery, you know, I'll, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. I think in this discussion, I already feel like it. Um, Discovery, my I I like Star Trek Discovery quite a bit. I've liked it since the start. But I I would say one thing that I I I think happened in in the first season and in the second season, maybe even more in the second season, is I think it becomes a little overly complicated at times and a little too much techno babble and, and uh, I'm a science guy and, and I don't mind that a whole lot, but you know, when I've got to look up things online to understand how things went down and I'm a pretty big, obviously Star Trek fan, as you guys all know, that that's a problem, you know, and, and I don't feel like I'm, you know, not missing, missing it or whatever on, on but I, I just, I think you have to, it's a fine line. It's a fine line of that. And, and again, I've enjoyed it a lot, but I, I would say that in some ways I'm enjoying this season of Discovery, I think, the most uh, of any of the seasons they've done. Now, there's still things that are happening this year that are kind of a little weird. Plus, they seem to be jumping around a lot of, of what they're doing on the show. You know, there's there's a little bit of an overall arching story, but it's also a little bit like, oh, let's go do this and have this happen and have this happen. And um, the... I, I still miss, I'll, I'll say this forever, and it's not really still happened in Discovery ever. And I think Strange New Worlds, the new Pike show with uh, aboard the Enterprise, will hopefully f- do more of this. But I, I still miss the, hey, let's go to this planet this week and see what they're about and what's going on there. And, and then let's, hey, let's go over to this place and see what's going on there, like they did in the original series, like they did in The Next Generation. That, And I think that's probably part of why some people have trouble embracing discovery i think that's part of what's going on there a little there's other things that people bring up i mean i try to always for movies television whatever enter- entertainment i always try to look at it like hey i'm going to just try to enjoy this get what i can out of it i do have things that i really don't like of course out there everybody does but but i think some people are a little too quick to dismiss some things when they're it's not quite going the way they want, um, you know. Anyway, I, I don't know what that all means. Who knows? You guys are you guys probably know better than me. So, but no, I am very much enjoying this season of Discovery, this season of Mandalorian. Mandalorian, you know, Star Wars has always been to me. There's, there's, I, I talking with friends and 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 other people over the years, you know, family, friends, whatever about these things. Star Wars is always the that much more emotional kind of a thing. Really, Star Trek can be and has been quite a bit of that too, but um, but Star Wars is is the one that kind of pulls at your heart a lot, maybe more, perhaps than Trek does. Trek Trek's just more about to me about trying to be better, creating a better future, being good to each other, those kinds of ideals that I think everyone, I I think these days, especially over the last year, I think we all 
could, you know, take something from that, you know, and, and try to, uh, you know, try to emulate a bit of that, but, uh, and tolerance and, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to turn into a soapbox podcast here today. So I feel like I each week, maybe it's just the year that it's been a little bit of that. And I hope you guys understand, you know, I, I, um, I'm always trying to think of, you know, the best way to put sci-fi and, and connect it to current things. You know, a lot of these things, Trek, especially Star Trek has always been about how it kind of reflects the times and 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 even star wars is kind of doing that a bit these days i think too maybe uh, on mandalorian but boy it's going to be exciting we're going to get the final episode of the season for mandalorian this coming friday i think i'm going to get up early in the morning and watch you got to be really careful with spoilers out there right right now the the even the official outlets, the official outlets, even like CBS and even, uh, you know, the Star Wars, Disney, you know, even the official outlets will put out photos or some little blurb on, on the day these things come out. And I, I, I don't want to see that stuff. I really don't. Um, you know, the, the, I have CBS All Access, for example. I mean, to watch the show, which if you're paying for it, that's probably what you guys are watching it on. Unless different countries, I think, do different things. I think it's on Amazon or something in some places. But um, they don't, uh, and, and maybe they, they appear with, in one of the other menus or later, but there's no preview even for the next week's episode. But I do, I do sometimes see previews for the next week's episode uh, for Star Trek Discovery online. Mandalorian, the same thing. And I don't even think, I don't think Mandalorian is putting out previews anywhere for the next week's episode. Um, and I know some of these, what I'm talking about is some of these things these official sites put up are just still sometimes from previews and they don't, maybe they don't feel like they're spoilers too much or whatever. But um, when we're only getting uh, an, an episode a week and Mandalorian episodes, for example, have been fairly short recently, you know, a little more than a half hour and that kind of thing. Uh, and we're only getting eight of them total. You kind of want to savor it. At least I do a bit. Um, I'm really happy that they don't put these shows. I, I, I've made this commentary before, but I really hope they don't or that they continue this method. And, and I really like the fact these guys don't put these shows out all at once. Because, again, I'm not somebody who really usually has the time or prefers. I don't really like to binge things. I don't binge things. I've never binged a show. Um it's not a badge of honor or anything I'm proud of. I, I just don't have the time to sit down for four or five, six, seven, eight hours a whole day to watch a show when it comes out. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, but um, I'm happy that they don't do that for these because the, I would really feel like, oh, my gosh, it came out on this day and spend this weekend watching the whole thing before I go back online because there's a lot of you know Netflix shows that come out and they do that. But these things have a lot of... Um, talk and a lot of hype associated with it the last show that i really raced through was um the umbrella academy the second season of that i mean i didn't do it in a in a binge method but i was watching two or three episodes each week to finish to to do that show i was worried i was going to run into a spoiler or whatever and i really really love that show too it's definitely up in my top shows of recent years that i i love a lot so i spent it probably took me three or four weeks anyway still to watch the season I think there were, were there 10 episodes of that? Something like that. But um, 
but yeah, I'm happy that they don't put these all at it, all at it once. I would have trouble. Um, I would have trouble with that. And uh, and I and I think considering that we're not getting a lot of content, you know, we're not, the movie situation is, you know, going out to the movies is is not good right now and that kind of stuff. But and there's not a lot of new TV on yet. There's going to be some new TV coming in the new year. Uh, we're going to get the CW superhero shows back finally. Some things have just started to show up. Uh, uh, some, but it's not. We're already into December, and typically all all the shows of network TV. If you watch that stuff, a lot of people don't anymore. But if you do, uh, that stuff is uh, would be all already airing, and we'd be like maybe not quite midway through the season, but. So that's all ended. Um, all right. So yeah, the great—they're great. I, I really enjoyed uh, the shows, Mandalorian, especially the last couple of episodes have been crazy amazing. The last two or three of them, Discovery. Uh, I think there's some interesting things going on. I, I like—I like the dynamics of the show right now. I like that they're back with sort of Starfleet and the Federation. I'm glad they're not just quite on the out on their own. I kind of thought that they might not. Like they might say, hey, hi, Federation, and then they would just take off. It wouldn't be a long-lasting. It seems like it's kind of sticking, uh, which I, I do kind of like that. I, it shows um, it shows that what they're trying to do here to sort of bring the Federation back in this current situation. So the last thing I want to talk about, and then we're going to get into, we've got a lot to talk about on the Marvel and Disney announcements. I think I'm going to go run through Marvel first and then talk Disney. Uh, sorry, I should say Marvel and Star Wars announcements from Disney. So we'll talk, we'll do Marvel first, then we'll do um, Star Wars stuff. The um, last thing I want to talk about is there's a recent post, and there's been blowback from this Warner Brothers announcement of releasing all their films next year for 2021, both on HBO Max and in theaters, basically concurrently at the same time. And I have some pretty strong opinions about this, and I've, d- I've gotten into some posts with some folks on, on the Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook group, and I want to clarify because I feel like People may be missing what I'm trying to uh, espouse or say. First off, uh, as as all of you know, if you've listened to the podcast a long time, I go see a lot of movies in the theater. I love going to the movie theater for a few reasons. Um, most of the movies, uh, truthfully, when I go to see movies at the movie theater, there's very few people there. You know, when I go see a movie, you know, especially summer movies. Even you know during even during the summer, there's two or three maybe blockbuster movies that everyone kind of goes. And yeah, there's people at those those movies, but I go see a lot of movies that that nobody is at. But I even with a few people, I I like the experience. I like that dark theater room. You know, I like that you know that that feeling, the smell of the popcorn. I have a pretty good setup, like a lot of people do these these days at home to watch movies, but. It isn't. I don't get the same feeling, and and everyone will a lot. Of, not everyone. Sorry, I should never say everyone. Um, the uh, many people will say they don't like the movies because of oh, people talk or cell phones or 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 babies crying. And I've had all those experiences, but I've never had them. Chris down in Florida, you know, who's been on this show, you know, quite a few times. Star Wars Dex, you know, guy, but. He, he seems to have the worst luck with, with going to the movies. I have pretty good luck most of the time. I, I've only had one or two times where I had a thing, uh, something happen. And I again, I go to a lot of movies. I've gone to movies since I was a kid very regularly. 
And in all that time, I, I can't even think of a handful, like two, three times or whatever, where I had something happen that that ruined, you know, the 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 experience for me, you know, that there was something like that. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm lucky about that. Um, I, 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 I can focus pretty good on things so I can kind of shut stuff out. I would say the theaters that I go to here, people are actually pretty good. I've had, you know, the occasional person who pull opens up their cell phone, you know, that you see that little light, but they don't sit there with it on. And, and even those people that pop it open like midway through the movie or whatever, you know, I, it hasn't happened a lot. So it's probably definitely one reason why I don't mind going to the theater because I have a good experience and it's a good thing. But the biggest thing is, is, is I just feel like it, it, it's, it's a fun thing to do. And even with a small crowd, it's fun to see people's reaction and hear people laugh, hear people like cheer. Um, and, 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 Moving on to what most of the movies that they're talking about for Warner Brothers, some of these really big movies, Dune, you know, the, the all the the superhero stuff. There's the um, what is it, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong movie. You know, some pretty big features. I mean, when I saw like Avengers Endgame just last year, you know, when it first came out, you know, people were going nuts at certain scenes and stuff, and that just really adds to my experience. I've never had that kind of feeling. I can't get that kind of feeling at home. So so I do love going to the movies. The other couple of things I wanted to say about this is I'm pretty adamant about, you know, people saying, oh, it's much more dangerous in a movie theater than other places. And I, I, I completely disagree with that. Uh, m- there's a, a little thing that started called Cinema Safe where they're, you know, they're staggering seats. You're supposed to wear a mask as long as you're not eating. Um, they've put in better, um, air circulators and carbon filters and other things to control any kind of potential germ spread throughout the place. So it's no worse than going into a grocery store. It's no worse than going anywhere indoors, you know? So this, this, this commentary about that, it's, oh, it's going to be terrible and you're going to, you're going to get sick or whatever. I've gone to a lot of movies and I don't get sick very much at all. And, um, so anyway, I, I don't believe it's any worse. But even with all that said, I'm, I would not, I, even when the there was a time in Michigan that they did open theaters for a short time here, I never went, mostly because there really wasn't anything much to see. But I wasn't planning on risking it either. I'm not really advocating running out and seeing movies now. But however, what I am saying is I don't want movie theaters to go away. I feel they're a critical thing. I feel there's a lot of people that are being... That's their livelihood. We had a small movie theater here in Michigan that shut down because of this and is not coming back. I think somebody else has purchased it and is going to probably bring it or turn it into a different kind of a theater. But um, the point being is this this is part of, you know, some people's business in life. And I don't want them to go away. Uh, I enjoyed going to them uh, growing up. Uh, My kids did. My grand, you know, I have one grandson now. And uh, so it's it's. It's a. I think it's a very American thing. I, I mean, and not just American, but I think it's a you know worldwide thing. So I don't want them to go away, but I don't want anyone to get sick either. So I'm no. I've got no problem with people not going right now. But what I what I I do want them to come back, and I do feel by hopefully by about the middle of next year when everybody's vaccinated up and all that, it shouldn't be any big deal. So even these WB movies, these Warner Brothers movies that are going to simultaneously 
you know, show at HBO Max, I guess, and, and the theater, if they're a big movie I, I, and I've got HBO Max, I'm going to the theater as long as, you know, it's safe and I'm vaccinated and everyone else is pretty much, you know, we're, we're to that, which it should be by next summer. That should be the case. So I hope, I hope I've, ugh, I think I've said this or talked about this too much, but I hope I explain this a bit, you know, pretty well or better now. Um, I just like the experience and, and, and if some don't, that's fine. But I, I, I would say that if you, even if you don't care for the experience, that hopefully you're fine with, like, it shouldn't encourage. I've seen people say, like, kind of things on different sites, like, you know, screw movie theaters, screw the movie business, you know, I'll just sit at home and I'll. The other thing that I worry about is it's going to change the, um, you know, spending $250 million to make a new movie. Uh, if you're just going to streaming alone, I mean, I, I'm not a financial expert, but I don't know how. I think it's going to shift the way the content is done. Um, and I think you can still do great content that way, but I still want the other content as well. So that's enough about that. Everybody has their different opinions, but I, 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 do, I did want to explain that a little bit more. So that was much too long for that probably. So, <laughs> but thanks for listening. All right, let us... Let us switch over to all of this amazing stuff that uh, Disney has announced. It's still weird to say that, you know, really. I want to say Marvel has announced or, or Lucasfilm has announced. But, um, but the so we'll, let's start off with Marvel. Uh, I am going to let Kevin Feige take over now, uh, Marvel Studios president, uh, who's done, you know, an amazing job with all this movies that we've gotten over the last uh, decade more than a decade of you know just a great saga you know that that kind of culminated in in endgame avengers endgame last year but they've got a lot of plans for both uh movies and television and i like the way marvel is doing it maybe even more than it seems that's happening on the star wars front just because there seems to be a better um connection to them all like they're all a little bit intertwined and interconnected and i and i love that as a longtime comic fan i appreciate that and like that there's a little bit of that in the star wars announcements too but not nearly as much as the marvel stuff um some of these properties have started in the movie some of them are totally unique there's a few unique ones in here but there's there's quite a bit of uh synergy between the films and what's going to show on on just on disney plus on, on the television side of it but uh so let us go. This is about a 22-minute segment. There are trailers interspersed in here, too, so you'll hear some of those um, that they've done so far. There's only a few, really, for the very upcoming stuff that's going to be um, showing up, although there's a lot of stuff, truthfully, that's going to be coming for Marvel here in 2021 throughout the year, both on TV, uh, on Disney+, Plus, and also in the theaters, too. So uh, Kevin Feige, take it away. I will uh, listen and comment occasionally during this, but mostly I'm going to let him talk, and you guys can hear this. I think it's a pretty good uh, recap of everything they're doing, so it's it's probably the best to do it this way rather than to me talk about each one. And he's got more knowledge of this stuff, of course, than I do. That's for sure. So here is if you guys want to watch this, by the way, it, there's a, there's a poster called Everything Always. Um, it is called Marvel Phase 5 Full Slate Reveal um, Disney Investors Day. So you can find that on YouTube if you want to watch this uh, that I'm going to play for you here. So here we go, and uh, I'll comment as uh, we both, as you guys listen and I watch and listen to this uh, cool stuff for Marvel Phase 5. 
entire Marvel Cinematic Universe is laid out in a way that's easy for fans around the world to enjoy. And today I'm excited to talk about the expansion and future of the MCU. As you may know, the Cinematic Universe weaves storylines and heroes and villains across 23 feature films to date. And with Disney+, Plus, we're able to extend this way of storytelling to a new format, creating series that are connected to our theatrical releases, making the MCU more immersive than ever. There's a lot of new content coming from Marvel Studios, so let's get started. Yeah! WandaVision will be the very first Marvel Studios series on Disney+. Plus. Wanda and Vision are two of our most powerful and complex heroes, and this series is a perfect expansion point for MCU storytelling. Launching on Disney Plus on January 15th, here's a look at the brand new trailer for WandaVision. I'm really excited by this. So what's a single gal like you doing rattling around this big house? Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. Wanda. What a lot of people don't realize is the Scarlet Witch is is really one of the most powerful Marvel uh, just don't know what to expect Marvel superheroes and you didn't see really a lot of what she can do in the in the movies. I love the whole look, what they're trying to do here. It's so... Why are you here to help us? They've kind of done this in comics, too, a little bit, but I like it a lot. And I mean, come on, it's got a monkey song in the trailer, so... Well, I think we handled that well. Starting January 15th, Disney+. Plus. Elizabeth Olsen is currently in London right now. She's shooting the film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with director Sam Raimi, star Benedict Cumberbatch, and the rest of the cast, including Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, and Chuta Ajifor. And joining them is a new fan-favorite character from the comics, America Chavez, played by Sochi Gomez. This film hits theaters March 25th, 2022, and we're really pushing the boundaries of storytelling with this thrilling, scary, mind-bending adventure. That looks great, Not too. Not only will Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness connect directly to the events of WandaVision, but it will also connect to the events of our new Spider-Man film coming to theaters December 2021. See, this is what I mean about their interconnecting all of this Plus, stuff, which, which is great. this coming March. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier features two recognizable superheroes last seen together in the final moments of Avengers Endgame. Sam Wilson, a.k.a. The Falcon, is played by Anthony Mackie, and Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, is played by Sebastian Stan. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a cinematic experience. It's a Marvel Studios movie played out over six episodes. And now here for the first time is an exclusive look at The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, this looks really, really good too. Of course, you know this. This will be as close to the movies I think on television we'll get. Complicated. Looks like he's not quite the new Cap yet here. The world. It's upside down. 
something to get behind. They need the symbol. So no plan. Great. Really some great action sequences here. Falcon flying through this canyon area and people trying to take him out. Looks amazing. Also, like Bucky's character, you know, we'll get to see more of him. Somebody kind of joked that he's going to say more in this in this series than he ever said in any of the movies. What's going on in that cyborg brain of yours? You don't want to know. Oh, yeah, I can see it working. Gears turning. Oh, they're malfunctioning. They're on fire. God, I hate you. So that's starting in uh, March. Now to another hero we last saw in Avengers Endgame, Black Widow will return to the big screen on May 7th, 2021. I'll be there, Kevin, in the theater. Of course, the film stars Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff. Fans have been patient, and I can't tell you just how ready we are for this Avenger to finally have her own standalone film. And speaking of fan-favorite characters, Loki. The God of Mischief will step out of his brother's shadow and into his own series on Disney Plus in May. Not a huge of next Loki year. guy. I know a lot of people Tom Hiddleston are. Returns but as Loki and he is, is joined a fun in a series character. by Owen Wilson, Gugumbath the Raw, Sofia DiMartino, Mumni Mosaku, and Richard E. Grant. The casting of these shows things is just Disney crazy. Plus, we want to try know. something a little different. Explore a new genre for us at Marvel Studios. So we've put Loki in the center of his own crime thriller. If that sounds a little unusual or confusing, don't worry. Loki is just as confused. Here's the very first look at Loki. So I think this is starting later in 2021. So they start this trailer with one of the scenes that happened in uh, Endgame when they're back trying to get the Infinity Stones. This is a scene where you basically, just before you see Loki vanish. And then he's gone, and then now we're going to kind of basically segue into the, the series, which is, again, I love how they connect all this stuff. I think that's that's great. So he's in this sort of like desert area, and he's lifting up, you know, kind of knocked out for a second. And some people just come across him like, um, who are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? How'd you get here? So Loki looks pretty fish out of the water. Oh, this this part I didn't even really get, but it's... You're taking me somewhere to kill me? Yeah. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Where I lie, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Talky, talky. How long have you been here? I don't know, it's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up. So that was Owen Wilson, you know, made up a lot differently looking. You know, he's older there. I'll be frank, I have no idea what's going on here. Glorious. 
but that makes it interesting to me, right? There's all their world, worldly kind of images. He's at some point where it looks like, like a city has been destroyed. There's a character that looks very much like a young Coulson, even possibly. You better be ready. Except it's Loki in disguise. What did you expect? He's got a button on in this last scene of the thing where it's like, vote, vote for Loki. It's Shifting to Marvel Studios' <laughs> first animated series, coming to Disney Plus next summer, What If? Flips the script on the MCU, taking famous events from the films and reimagining them in unexpected ways. We've assembled a stellar voice cast with many MCU stars comprising the what if series of comics is amazing. It's, it's basically like alternate ideas, like you know, what if this person didn't Space. die? What what if this person had lived? What if this person had different yeah. person had become a different hero? It's more than a linear path. It's a prism of endless possibility. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all. Yeah, this this is gonna be great. I, I mean, I love animated stuff anyway, but it, it's it's a way for them to try different things, like someone else being a super soldier. You have a super soldier. <laughs> you sure don't seem too freaked out about all this, kid. It's a great idea. What are you doing you know? out there all by yourself anyway? Exploring the world. Sounds fun. I like that they're using the voices for the, some of these characters too. All of them. That we know. I am the Watcher. Or even getting the Watcher, which if you're not a big Marvel comic person, it's just new realities. Uh, it's just we are all going like. Squee inside. Dare to face the unknown. It looks like they're even doing Marvel zombies, which is a whole thing the these days. Yeah, this looks great. What if? It lets them really play around. Give me the know. tour. lets them do a lot of things that you know if any of these really catch on they could even turn it into some live action thing possibly we've just wrapped production in australia on our film shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and we're so impressed the way simu liu has brought the character now i don't to life. i don't know shang chi i don't know it very well at all that that includes aquafina tony leung and michelle yo i'm reading some of the comics very now first trying to get caught up four and is set to release in theaters on july 9th 2021 Okay, Kevin Feige, I'll Disney be there. Later next year is Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is a Pakistani-American teen superhero. 
Not to be confused with Captain Marvel. We held online auditions all around the world to find our Kamala Khan. And we found her in Amman Vellani. Amman will be surrounded by a phenomenal Basically like a, a, a Pakistani teen who's a superhero. So an early look a, a very popular comic. Uh, and... Miss yeah, Marvel is a new kind of superhero. But at the core of all of it, her story is so universal. Miss Marvel is one of the newer characters in the Marvel comics. And when one comes in, that grabs the world's imagination like this. The questions are, when are we going to bring Miss Marvel to the screen? When Miss Marvel first came out, we had such an incredible reaction. It was so incredibly popular because everybody could see themselves in her. I never saw a young teenager of color, specifically a Pakistani, in a comic book. Are you kidding? I promised you'd be cool. I am cool. The casting process was vast. When we discovered Iman, we knew that she was Kamala Khan. It was unanimous to yeah, I can't comprehend this right now. And then, of course, we've got a really incredible team of directors. Bilal Falah, Adel Al-Arbi, Mira Menon, and Sharmino Bejnoy. And all of them are taking the material and elevating it. So human. It's about a teenager figuring out who she is and about relationships. Family and friendship is at the heart of the MCU canon. That's what's so exciting. Yeah, it's about a very classic idea, too. It's another, you know, also so many Marvel superheroes, you know, they started off when they were teens. The X-Men, Spider-Man, you know, it's just, it's uh, the, the list goes on and the fact on. About Marvel Some of the Fantastic Four, even. It's Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel 2 is currently in the works with director Nia DaCosta. And today I'm excited to announce that Miss Marvel, played by Iman, will be joining Brie Larson and co-starring in Captain Marvel 2, along with a grown-up Monica Rambeau, played by Tiana Paris, whom we will have already met in the upcoming WandaVision. So by now you should start getting a sense of the interconnectedness that infuses all of our storytelling. Love it. But that doesn't mean there aren't some unexplored corners of the universe. Yeah. With next year's Eternals, we're introducing a brand new ensemble of superheroes to the MCU, played by a spectacular cast. Yeah, this the is cast an epic story spanning thousands of years, and it's one of our most crazy. ambitious films it's yet. Just... It's set for theatrical release on November 5th, 2021. Got away like Original almost a year Avenger for Jeremy it, Renner but still. returns to star in Hawkeye, launching on Disney Plus late next year. In our series, Hawkeye teams up with another well-known archer from Marvel Comics, Kate Bishop, and I'm very pleased to confirm that Kate will be played by the amazing Haley Steinfeld. Rounding out that cast, Haley's are great Vera too. So that's Frothy that's and again, these guys Cox cast playing Maya so well. Lopez. The episodes are being directed by Reese Thomas and the directing duo of Bert and Birdie. Debuting for the first time in the MCU, She-Hulk is coming to Disney Plus. It's a series about a woman trying to navigate the world and be taken seriously as a working professional, despite the fact that she's well over six foot seven and green. That she, she it's a very funny series being directed by Kat Koiro and Anu Valia. And I can officially confirm that She-Hulk slash Jennifer Walters will be played by the talented and Emmy award-winning Tatiana Maslany. I'm also pleased to reveal that the brilliant Tim Roth is returning to the Abomination, too. a character we first introduced so Tim to the Roth MCU is back in 2008, the, the Incredible Hulk. And if that's not enough, He's I can confirm too, that the Hulk so. himself, Mark Ruffalo, will be appearing in the series as well. And since Jennifer Walters is a lawyer cool, who cool, specializes cool. specifically in superhero-oriented legal cases, you never know what Marvel characters are going to pop up from episode to episode. Oh, you're such a tease, Bring Kevin Feige. Bring a whole Feige. new different vibe to the MCU, Moon Knight 
is an action-adventure, Indiana Jones-type story coming to life as a Disney Plus series directed by Muhammad Diab. Yeah, Moon Knight's a, Moon Knight is a really interesting character. ...who suffers from disassociative identity disorder. And these multiple identities that live inside him are very distinct characters in the series. The backdrop of our story is incredible Egyptian iconography. Egyptology is something the world's always been fascinated by, and we're going to tap into it in a fun and bold way in Moon Knight. Now it's I want to talk about a couple of projects that doing. we haven't announced yet. Yeah. The first of which is Secret Invasion, coming to Disney+. Plus. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury, and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel returns as the Skrull, Talos. Next to Civil War, Secret Invasion is arguably the biggest crossover comic event in the last 20 years. I don't years, know how they're going to do bringing this. bringing it to Disney+. Plus. It's a huge story. It's about a sect of Skrulls who have infiltrated every level of life on Earth. Crazy. Ironheart will be a series for Disney Plus about genius inventor Riri Williams, who has the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man's. Dominique Thorne will play the title role. And as we like to do, both Secret Invasion and Ironheart will tie directly to MCU feature films. We're also well underway on a series for Disney Plus based on Armor Wars, a classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. It's what happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands. And this series will star beloved member of the MCU, Don Cheadle, will be returning as Jim Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine. One of the best things about expanding the MCU to Disney Plus is that our team at Marvel Studios is finally able to do some of the things we've always wanted to do, to but didn't quite have the right Galaxy outlet for. Holiday special. Like produce our first ever live action holiday special. In a reverent Guardians fashion, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is going to be a lot of fun, especially since James Gunn is back to write and direct. In fact, we're going to shoot it during production of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This special will drop the holiday prior to the next Guardians of the Galaxy film, which hits theaters in 2023. And speaking of Guardians, aptly titled I Am Groot, everyone's favorite little tree, Baby Groot, <laughs> will star in a series of shorts on Disney+, Plus, featuring several new and unusual characters. Before I go, I couldn't leave you without giving a few more updates on some of our most anticipated upcoming films. In January, we'll begin filming Thor, Love and Thunder, with director Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson returning. And I'm pleased to confirm that Academy Award winning actor Christian Bale is playing the villain, Gore the Godfather. Oh, that movie's going to be... Thor, Love and Thunder releases in Ugh. theaters on May 6, 2022. Crazy, that movie. As we announced at Comic-Con last year, we're moving ahead with Blade, starring Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali. The development and storylines are coming together, and we'll have announcements Blade's a great character, soon. too, and I'm glad to see they're Director going Peyton back Reed to that. Director Peyton Reed is hard at work with our Marvel Studios team on the third Ant-Man film, which will officially be called Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer are all returning. And Catherine Newton is joining the cast and playing Cassie Lang. And in the role of Kang the Conqueror, Kang. the great actor Jonathan Majors. Oh, Jonathan Majors was just in Lovecraft Country. I wanted to Country, acknowledge the devastating great. loss of a dear friend and member of the Marvel Studios family. Chadwick Boseman was an immensely talented actor and an inspirational individual who affected all of our lives professionally and personally. His portrayal of T'Challa the Black Panther is iconic and transcends any iteration of the character in any other medium from Marvel's past. And it's for that reason that we will not recast the character. However, to honor the legacy that Chad helped us build through his portrayal of the King of Wakanda, we want to continue to explore the world of Wakanda and all of the rich and varied characters introduced in the first film. Writer-director Ryan Coogler is hard at work on the sequel now and will bring the film to you in theaters July 8th, 2022. 
And finally, I'm happy to announce a film about one of the truly iconic Marvel families. In fact, Marvel's first family, Fantastic Four. We're working yes. on a feature now, and it will be directed by the director of our recent Spider-Man films, John Watts. Awesome. We've got a lot in store at Marvel Studios, and Disney Plus is key to the interconnection and expansion of the MCU. It will be home for both our feature films and our series for years and years to come. Since Marvel first joined Disney back in 2009, Bob Iger's been the biggest champion of the work that we do. None of this would have been possible without his support. So it is now my pleasure to turn things back over to Bob. Thank you. All right, so that that was pretty uh, pretty incredible. Most of that stuff had been announced. Uh, you know, had, we we knew about a good number of those things, or has been rumored about and things. But it's just, I, again, I, I I can't say it enough. I love how that they're con- keeping this connection going between what's going to happen in the TV shows and in the Marvel films that are coming. And there's a good balance of I think of both uh, the both properties going on. Uh, the you know the back when they did uh, Marvel Agents of Shield, I had always hoped that they would have those interconnected. You know, Marvel Agents of Shield would be more connected to the movies, and they did it a little bit, a very tiny amount, but never like they're doing now. And this is really great, and it's a perfect thing to do when you think about it because you know they they can kind of scratch each other's back. They can explore things more on TV. They can use it as a as a way to almost advertise for their big big movies that are coming and all of that. It, it's it's really really well done and well thought out, I think. And and Kevin Feige and all the other people working on these properties have to be commended to try to keep that going. It would be very easy for them to do. Oh, here's this thing and here's this thing and not have any you know anything going on between them or connecting them. Uh, this takes a lot more planning and a lot more thought. And I and I. You know, hats off to these guys. It's, I'm I'm super excited. I, I mean, I've been Marvel Comics was the was the first comic brand that I got into. I, I read. I've I think I've said before a few times. I, I read Marvel Comics exclusively for a very long time. I was like I was like a Marvel guy. I mean, I never read Batman. I never read Superman, which are DC. I really started getting into DC more once like some of the first Batman movies came out and that. But um. But so, you know, Marvel to me, if, if I think of comics and my favorite stuff and the, the fact that they're going to try Fantastic Four one more another time. And I think this time I, I, I'm I have no doubt they'll get it right. The last movie was it was terrible. The the earlier movies even were, were better than that last one. That last one was not the Fantastic Four. And it, it's probably been my favorite team type book. X-Men and, and Fantastic Four are always up there. So. Really excited. All right, let us, it's going to be a little longer podcast, I think, because I'm going to do another 20-minute segment here with uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, I know, not everybody loves Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan, frankly, but who knows exactly what she does or what she doesn't do within these things. But I'm going to have her go through the the Star Wars announcements. Again, I feel this is an easier way to do it, um, and I'll comment as, as I watch. But the... Um, the one thing I will say right now before we get into this in, in detail, while I'm excited by these Star Wars announcements, I, I wish there was a little more inner, you know, interconnection between them. Most of them we've heard about already or could have guessed. The, the one kind of disappointment is that, well, okay, how about another trilogy, you know, or, or post-sequel movies announcement? I, I, they're probably just not ready to do that yet. I Actually, a lot of these announcements are, are really early 
you know, when you think about it. I mean, a lot of these things are, are years away. So, I mean, things could change and, and develop and, and alter. But um, there is one movie announcement in here, which is cool. But, um, but yeah, I'm still excited. I mean, I'm, I love Star Wars, obviously. So, all right, Kathleen Kennedy, let's see what you have to say here at uh, the big Disney Investor Day announcements for um, new Star Wars on uh, Disney Plus and in the theater. It's remarkable to be back here with you again for another Investor Day and reflect on all that's happened since we last gathered in April of 2019. Our world and our entire industry has been thrown numerous challenges that none of us could have foreseen. As we grapple with one of the most difficult periods in modern history, it's clear that we need great storytelling and the joy of entertainment more than ever before. Last year, we were looking ahead to the launch of Disney Plus well, with I agree our very with you first live-action series, The Mandalorian. Star Wars was moving into new territory in the streaming space on a brand new platform, creating an original series through groundbreaking technology and an entirely new approach to production and movie, filmmaking. Huh, it was Come a big on. bet and a leap of faith. The Mandalorian debuted on Disney Plus oh, in oh, November wait, volume of 2019. Was down there. Let's get a Mandalorian feature and the response film going. has been overwhelming. We could not be more humbled by the reception to the show, the honor of seven Emmy Awards, and the enormous support our fans have shown us. It's Baby Yoda! With The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, we have ushered in an entirely new era for Star Wars, and there's more to come. We premiered season two on October 30th, and John Favreau and Dave Filoni. By the way, if you want to watch this full thing, it's um, a guy named Spake, Space Monk Audiences Gaming the world have has it on, uh, on YouTube. Plus, Thanks, Space Monk Gaming. With incredible action, larger-than-life creatures delivering a complete cinematic experience. Let's take a look at season two. Hey, yeah, you're going to get some get some spoilers if you haven't you're caught up. Very special, kid. I agreed to take you back to your own kind, so that's what I need to do. And they're going to take real good care of you. I've been quested with returning this child to the Jedi. What do you know of the Jedi? Nothing. I can lead you to one of their kind. But first, we need your help on our mission. Mission. Always need the Mando's help. How's my credit around here? And you come here, little one. Have you been taking good care of him? Has Mando been taking good care of you, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he said. What is that thing? I keep it around for luck. You're gonna need it where you're headed. Oh, spiders. He needs your help. Jedi Order fell a long time ago. So did the Empire, yet it still hunts him. Long live the Empire. Long live the Empire. 
this is a great trailer. It's a lot of music for you guys listening. Dragging you, Mandalorian. I'm here for the armor. If you want my armor, you'll have to peel it off my dead body. I don't want your armor. I want my armor. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. All right, Kathleen. Today what I'm else? Now, new share stuff. With you Let's talk John new stuff. And Dave are concurrently developing two new spin-off series exclusively for Disney Plus. One, The Rangers of the New Republic, and the other featuring fan favorite Ahsoka Tano. Set within the timeline of The Mandalorian, these interconnected shows along with future stories will excite new audiences, embrace our most passionate fans, and will culminate in a climactic story event. The next chapter will debut on Disney Plus Christmas of 2021. I'm fortunate to be surrounded by incredible talent both so in front of and behind the camera starting next with a company Christmas full of people who care passionately saying. about high quality storytelling. A few times in my career, I've had a chance to be part of game-changing technology. Moments when a new way of filmmaking changed the way stories could be told forever. Working with John Favreau to create the world of the Mandalorian with our own Stagecraft technology has been one of those moments. Stagecraft is a new virtual production tool that utilizes the latest innovations in real-time graphics and massive LED screens that allows us to bring entire locations into a soundstage and photograph them live. Telling it's stories just in ways we could only how, dream of a how few real years ago. this stuff looks to me. It's just uh, indistinguishable. This new collaboration you know. process brings the artists and the crews into a creative partnership with efficiencies that now marry pre production, production, and post, all in sync to preserve the cinematic culture around a singular artistic vision. It's like the holodeck. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy how, how, um, how By eliminating this unnecessary looks. travel, a more controlled environment and efficiencies with set design and special effects that allow for an in-camera visual experience. Actors are immersed in those environments rather than having to imagine what they're seeing or reacting to. And ironically, the efficiency of Stagecraft has allowed us to continue to work during this pandemic. On The Mandalorian Season 2, we expanded Stagecraft's capabilities further and built an even larger volume. Additionally, we are building three more volumes right now in Los Angeles, London, and Australia, advancing the Disney-owned technology and building the studio of the future. We have a vast and expansive timeline in the Star Wars mythology, spanning over 25,000 years of history in the galaxy with each era being a rich resource for storytelling. 
Now with like Disney the way Plus, we can explore limitless story possibilities like never before and fulfill the promise that there is truly a Star Wars story okay, for everyone. Okay, let's get to the new stuff. Come on. One of the most exciting and ambitious new series we have coming to Disney Plus in 2022 is Andor, a tense, nail-biting spy thriller in the Star Wars universe. So we're not getting this for like Gilroy. a whole year Tony's incredible success over a year later with the Bourne Identity films year and a half. distinguishes him as one of today's best creators of the modern spy genre. We couldn't be more thrilled to have him at the helm of this new series for Star Wars. Diego Luna will be back in the role of rebel spy Cassian Andor from Rogue One, and he will be joined by a fantastic new cast that includes Stellan Skarsgård, Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goff, Kyle Soller, and Genevieve O'Reilly. So this Mon was announced Mon quite a while ago, actually, like about three years ago, ago, and it got delayed a look at for Andor. a few reasons. COVID was part of it. Here's a little bit of a pre-look at it, talking about Andor, about casting Andor. Everything I did, I did for the rebellion. Rogue One, in many ways, it's a film that connected new audiences with the, the oldest fans. Yeah, not a big fan of Rogue One. I know so many love it, but... A bittersweet feeling. I mean, know, it's a cool movie premium. and all, but... Knowing that it was just one film. But then magic happens, right? Couldn't they just uh, let a couple of them ready. live? We're building stages, we're rehearsing, we're training. Oh, we're spoiler. Costumes. We're doing everything to make sure we do the best show. I'm really excited having the chance to explore Cassian. It's really fun to go on a set that is emulating something you like so much. The enormity of this is like doing a big feature film. It's very cinematic for it's me. Funny yeah, it's funny, I mean, like, why aren't they using the volume thing for this scripts, show? Over 200 named cast They just members, talked about it. Over 6,000 crowd people, a lot of creatures that come in from the creature department. We treat this exactly like we would have. It would probably have just those because of, I don't know, the logistics of things, or maybe they need a little different look for this. Has the same care, level of attention, detail as the previous films. It's huge. This is a big production, though. This is bigger than, uh, I mean, like he's saying, it's bigger than a lot of other stuff. Basically, it's like movie level, at least. Well, so is Mandalorian, in my opinion. It's not a true trailer here, it's more of a teaser reel, really, because um, they're just filming it now. But it looks good. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch Last all August this stuff. at the D23 Expo in Anaheim, we announced the return of Ewan McGregor in the iconic role of Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi for a special event series on Disney+. Obi-Wan Kenobi begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Revenge of the Sith, where he faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice, Anakin Skywalker turned evil Sith Lord, Darth Vader. Our fans will be thrilled that Hayden Christensen will be returning in the role of Darth Vader. This will be the rematch of the century. The series is directed by Deborah Chow. Yeah, I mean, are they the going to fight? Are they going to meet up? As a director on season I mean, one of The Mandalorian. Production kind of rewriting things, of next it seems, year. a little bit, but that's fine. Here's an early look at Obi-Wan Kenobi.
Oh, there's some kind of a time lag here. Let's see. I'm going to skip through this a little bit. I'll try to get it on the uh, YouTube video here. They had a two-minute break here. Let's skip ahead a little. 20 seconds. Oh, here we go. They did these... <coughs> Excuse me. They had, uh, like, Q&A, like, uh, little trivia questions going on. All right, here we go. Eight, seven, six. Yeah, I'm excited by these shows. Uh, I mean, any more Star Wars is, is cool to me, so... Here we go with the... During our first year on Disney+, Plus, our animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars saw tremendous success with its epic seventh and final season. Building on the legacy of The Clone Wars, oh, our it looks animated like the, series The, the Bad little Obi-Wan teaser wasn't shown at all or whatever they Force had, 99, so got to hunt for that in the dark depths of the internet. This is The Bad Batch. Ah, The Bad Batch. This should be good. They call themselves the Bad Batch. Little spin-off from the Clone Wars show. Was uh, they appeared in the last season of Clone Wars? So they're kind of a bunch of misfits, basically, in in a way. They're clone troopers that didn't quite work out. If you're not familiar with the Clone Wars, you know. Maybe watch the last season at least. Into the first galactic empire. Kind of disappointed they didn't show the Obi-Wan thing to everybody, but I'm going to have to go looking for that now. But the Bad Batch looks great. You know, very much a continuation of Clone Wars. A lot of action, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of droids versus clones fighting. That was quite an impressive display. <laughs> There's Moff Tarkin. That's not too unexpected. There was there was rumors that was going to happen. You know, the Bad Batch I think was a, a pretty cool concept from Clone Star Wars. Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best anime creators. This anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Lando Calrissian is the galaxy's smoothest, most notorious scoundrel, and he'll well, return in a Han brand Solo, new event but, series you know. for Disney+. Justin Simeon, creator of the critically acclaimed and hugely popular Dear White People, is developing the story with us now. A massive Star Wars fan himself, Justin has put together a reel to give you a sense of the style, tone, and irresistible swagger of our upcoming series, Lando. Take a look. Lando? Lando's not a system. Oh, it's, this is another time where it looks like they didn't show it to everybody. Ugh. But I am excited to see uh, a Lando show with Donald Glover back as Lando. I thought he was great in the, the solo movie. All right, let's skip through their little j jazz music here. Leslie Headland, Emmy-nominated creator of the mind-bending series Russian Doll, is a boldly innovative filmmaker bringing her new Star Wars series to Disney+. 
The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. As we continue to develop yeah, new stories, show anything about that. Now, I'm the intersection of animation one, and really. visual effects offers new opportunities for us to explore. Because they're finally going to show us the High Republic era in Star Wars, which like has never been done. Which I keep saying they need to do some movies there. In the, in the days of you know a huge vast number of Jedi fighting and that kind of stuff that they've done in the games. So they're doing a droid show. Sorry. On a special mission known only to them. What could possibly go wrong? That should be Outside fun. Outside of the Star Wars galaxy, we're expanding Lucasfilm's presence on Disney Plus with another beloved mythological world Willow. created by George Lucas, Willow. This series will be set decades after Ron Howard's 1988 movie, continuing the spirit of adventure, heroics, and humor of the original film. We're delighted that Warwick Davis will be returning in the role of the great sorcerer, Willow Ufgood. We have a wonderful creative team at the helm. John Chu, director of the groundbreaking film this be, Crazy Rich Asians, be really good. will be directing you know, the pilot. Potentially another fun Willow fantasy begins show. shooting next March in Wales and will debut on Disney Plus in 2022. Here's the team to share more. And they're not going to show us anything on that either. Uh, okay. Jeez, guys. All right, if I buy one share of Disney stock, do I get to watch this all? I think I do. i got to check with my buddy Brian on that. Let me find out here. Let's see. Time to buy a couple of shares of Disney just so I can watch this stuff in the future. Yeah, let's skip ahead a bit, see if there's anything else. We also have some news to share on our theatrical Well, it's slate. about time, Kathy. We're in pre-production on the next and final installment of Indiana Jones. At the helm, we have let's James go. Mangold director of the Academy Award-winning film Ford vs. Ferrari, and of course, Indy himself, Harrison Ford, yes. will be back to conclude this iconic character's There's journey. Nobody else Indy to will play begin Indy. shooting late spring of 2021 and will be released in July of 2022. Our slate is expanding further with a story that will introduce a new hero and explore an original world that feels perfectly paired with Lucasfilm storytelling. We're proud to bring to the screen author Tomi Adeyemi's New York Times best-selling novel, Children of Blood and Bone. This story will center around a young African girl's heart-racing quest to restore magic to her forsaken people, the Magi. Tomi was recently included in the Time 100's list of most influential people Maybe I have to read of that. 2020. Looks good. We're proud to be partnering with the 20th Century Studios on this coming-of-age adventure. Our Star Wars theatrical slate is pushing forward into a new future era. As we announced recently, we're currently developing a brand new Star Wars feature with acclaimed filmmaker Academy Award winner Taika Waititi. Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. His enormous talent and sense He's of humor great. will ensure that audiences are I'm in so for an unforgettable ride. Yeah. He's currently hard at work writing this next adventure. And to close today, I couldn't be more excited that our next Star Wars feature film will be directed by Patty Jenkins. Patty, director of the Wonder Woman franchise, will bring her inspired vision to Rogue Squadron. 
This story will introduce a new generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing high-speed thrill ride. The legend of Rogue Squadron has been long beloved by Star Wars fans yes. and will move us into it's a, a future era of, of the galaxy. Based on Rogue, Rogue Squadron, Squadron will be released in theaters Christmas of 2023. As you can see, this Seems is a so new era away. for Star Wars and Lucasfilm. With expanded opportunities for continued innovation, high-quality storytelling, and cinematic experiences okay, like never thanks, before. Okay, thanks, Kathy. Thanks. And now, I'm pleased to introduce Courtney Monroe, president of National Geographic. Uh, okay, National Geographic. Well, that's part of Disney Plus, too, which um, if you haven't watched uh, the right stuff, uh, you should, because that's a great show. There's other things. I think my volume is down here, so... I want to play one more bit here because they didn't. I thought they were going to include it there, but uh, I thought they. <laughs> it was like, um, hey, where's the Rose Squadron uh, little trailer thing that they put together? It's not even really a trailer, but it's very short. Um, but it's worth uh, here. Let me play it for you here. It's like a minute and a half long, but uh, here we go with uh, a little bit uh, with Patty Jenkins on Rogue Squadron. I love to move fast and speed of any kind. I think that that's because I grew up the daughter of a great fighter pilot, and every day I would wake up and go outside and look up and see my father and his squadron taking off and their F-4s roaring across the sky, and it was the most thrilling thing still I've experienced in my entire life. So when he lost his life in service to this country, I, it ignited a desire to, in me to turn all of that tragedy and thrill into one day making the greatest fighter pilot movie of all time. But try as I might and look as I did, I couldn't find the right story ever. I kept looking and looking, but I just couldn't find the right one until now. Now I found a movie about two things I love. So I'm gonna see you very soon. So if you haven't seen that, she puts on this uh, orange flight suit and then walks out to this X-wing that's sitting there on the uh, on the runway at this airport. It's pretty cool. I loved uh, you know what she did with Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman eighty four looks great. So pretty excited by that. So so there you go. Uh, we have a lot of Marvel stuff, a lot of a lot of Star Wars stuff, some other things uh, things that we didn't even know about at all. I mean, I don't know how we're gonna watch all this. It's just uh, if I could just go back in time and tell my, uh, you know, eight or nine year old self or something that, you know, when there was nothing, no, no nerd stuff on except, you know, reruns of Star Trek or whatever, um, long before next generation, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, all we, all we got in the last, you know, few, few decades, but, you know, I would just say, Hey, hang on. Eventually everything that that's practically popular and, um, on television, all these streaming services and at the movies is going to be all this geeky oriented stuff, you know, comic books that you've been reading, you know, that I was reading then. 
I never, you know, I used to dream about, you know, oh my gosh, if they could turn the Avengers or Spider-Man or the Fantastic Four into a movie, oh, would that be, I guess we had to wait until the technology could, could meet what, um, what we all imagined about. So, uh, yeah, super exciting things. I got to figure out how to be a Disney investor so that I can watch these full panels. But, um, all right, everyone, I feel like I'm a little froggy today. I feel fine. I feel fine. But, um, that is about it. I think let's wrap this up. Uh, if you want to watch these things, they're all up on, like I said, they've got, uh, this stuff all over YouTube. Although with bits of the bits of the star Wars stuff, kind of cut out which marvel didn't do that how come you guys had to do that you know but um yeah so anyway uh really exciting really exciting overwhelming <clears throat> really just too much and uh we've got some dates though there's going to be a lot of stuff in 2021 i mean we're truthfully i think now when i think about it 2021 we're just going to get blasted with stuff because we haven't had anything hardly this year. You know, they're going to be showing all of us these movies and things, whether you're watching them at home or you're watching them in the theater or whatever, or both. It, they're going to be all these things that we didn't get this year, right? So, uh, yeah, very, very exciting. Really, really good stuff. Very, very excited to uh, to see those announcements and hear about all that. So, all right, everyone, take care. Stay safe. Hey, um, be careful. Try not to go. I know it's going to be tempting, but try not to go see grandma that you haven't seen in months just for Christmas because ugh, you don't want to get grandma sick, right? Come on. Nobody wants to get grandma sick. But um, anyway, or, or great grandma or whoever, friends, family, just be careful. And and I, and I want to talk to all of you for, for a long time to come. So, oh, one last thing. Hey, if you ever want to donate to Treks in Sci-Fi, it's over at patreon.com forward slash Treks in Sci-Fi. There are always links up on treksandsci-fi.com to do that. If you want to email me, treksf at gmail.com. And thanks to everyone that supports the show. Very much appreciate that each month. Uh, you guys are great. So, all right, next week, the plan is to do a Skype cast, probably talking about what we've, you know, different people, uh, opinions about all this stuff that I just went over, what they think about uh, Mandalorian, because we'll have seen the finale by then uh, for the season. Uh, yeah, going to do that next weekend. And then in two weeks, we'll be which is, what is two weeks? Two weeks is just a little past Christmas, yeah. So I'm actually going to do my Christmassy show. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about, but I'll figure something out, right? Uh, but that's going to be on the uh, 27th. It'll be two weeks out. Gosh, is that only two weeks out? Two weeks out. Two weeks from now, Christmas will be done. Wow, that's weird. And then it will be in 2021 and everything will be fine. All right, everybody, take care of yourselves. Be happy. Enjoy things. There's still things, you know, we'll get through this. Uh, I, I think we all should get a badge of honor for getting through 2020, right? I think we should get some kind of a, a pin or something or, or a certificate, at least a certificate or a ribbon, right? All right, everybody, I'm going to stop blathering. I'm going to get this edited and put up. So you guys all take care of yourselves. And I, I think I'm going to end this week with a Rick Moyer Christmas Christmas song because Rick Moyer, you're the best. You're the greatest and yeah, I haven't done that in a while and I want to. So we're going to wrap this up with a Christmas a Christmas song from Mr. Moyer. And uh, thanks for that, Rick. And thanks for everyone for listening. As always, two treks in sci-fi. This is Rico signing off for this week. Bye.
Captain Kirk, he orders open fire. Picard, he reasons with his foes. Benjamin, in his Starfleet attire, and Archer, first to boldly go. Everybody knows that Janeway on the Voyager flies her ship and does it right. All the crews with their hips in a row won't find it hard to serve tonight. They know that life exists somewhere and if they get the coordinates down it's right out there and every officer is gonna try to see if shuttlecrafts really can operate and fly I'm offering this simple phrase To geeks from 1 to 92 Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Trekmas to Their pips in a row won't find it hard to serve tonight. They know that life exists somewhere, and if they get the coordinates down, it's right out there, and every officer is gonna try to see if shuttlecrafts really can operate and fly and so I'm offering this simple phrase to geeks from 1 to 92 although it's been said Many times, many ways, Merry Trekmas to you. This has been a Rick Dosty Podcast production.